are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Today is Thursday, March 4th, and I am coming to you from sunny Miami, Florida, in town this weekend, ironically enough, for 305 Day tomorrow, but that's not really why I'm in town. I'm in town for House of Athlete, former Miami Dolphins receiver Brandon Marshall. His training and lifestyle facility, House of Athlete, is holding a pseudo-NFL combine for a number of significant NFL draft prospects. And courtesy to my connections at TDN, uh, have the opportunity to be down here. Very excited for it. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting at TheDraftNetwork.com, Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, of course. And what I want to do today on the show is to kind of swing the pendulum back the other way. Uh, Obviously, we're coming off the heels of the news of the Kyle Van Noy release, and that caught a lot of Dolphins fans off guard, myself included, and a a financial move that, that you would assume has some pretty significant dominoes that will be yet to follow for the Dolphins this spring. Uh, But with that in mind, we've spent so much time talking about players that the Dolphins should be interested in. Players that the Dolphins should be zeroed in on, whether that's free agency or the NFL draft. So what I would like to do today is whittle down the list a little bit. I'd like to put a critical eye to both free agency and the NFL draft at a number of positions of need including linebacker, which has been exacerbated by uh, the decision to release Kyle Van Noy. And I want to go through some players that I think the Dolphins should stay away from, avoid at all costs, uh, whether that's because of scheme fit, because of cost in free agency. This is, the, the pendulum swings both ways. And we've seen, of course, the, this one-year $15 million payout for Kyle Van Noy on what was supposed to be a four-year, $51 million contract, these things don't always materialize in the way in which you think they will. And, you know, there's no shame in that. But at the same time, you have to be aware and cognitive of players who are more high-risk propositions. And ironically enough, I, I wouldn't have pegged Kyle Van Noy as one of those players. So you just really never know. And, you know, we hopefully will find out in the coming weeks what Miami's true motivations were for making this decision a.k.a. who they had their eyes on that made them feel like this was a necessary move to make. So we'll look at a number of different positions. We're going to look at the running back position. We're going to look at the backup quarterback position. We're going to look at wide receiver. We're going to look at interior offensive line, probably center. We're going to look at edge rushers. We're going to look at linebackers. Uh, so, So there's a fair amount of ground that we need to cover today, and I'm going to give you the disclaimer right up front. I'm going to be completely honest with myself. One-man podcast works a lot of times because I can get long-winded and get on my soapbox. And if I find myself doing that on today's show, we can split this and we can turn this into an offensive version and a defensive version to end the week this week. I'm perfectly happy to do that if we get there, but I'm hoping and cautiously optimistic that we can squeeze this whole thing into one day's worth of Locked on Dolphins. Any player that I flag, let's also set the record straight here, any player that I flag 
it's it's contingent on price, expected cost. Just like J.J. Watt, I would have totally advocated for the Miami Dolphins to sign J.J. Watt if he was interested in playing in Miami until I learned that the dollar amount was two years, 31 or 28 or whatever it actually is. It's like 14 to $16 million a year. Hard pass, no thanks, God bless, more power to you, J.J., not really $23 million guaranteed over the next two years. Arizona was so desperate to get JJ to sign in Arizona that they unretired somebody's number, <laughs> which is insane to me. So needless to say, yeah, if I anticipated JJ Watt was going to cost that much, I'd have put him on the blacklist for free agents for the Miami Dolphins. Let's start with the quarterback position. More importantly, the backup quarterback position. I know Dolphins fans, y'all felt some kind of way yet again yesterday. Jalen Waddle this time. Mac Jones versus Tua. Which would you prefer? And Jalen Waddle, just like Devontae Smith, came out and said, oh, Mac. And whether that's because they're trying to pump up Mac's draft stock or whatever the reason may be, I know there were a lot of Dolphins fans that were bothered by it or got defensive about it. In one ear and out the other, guys. I don't think anybody who gets drafted to come to Miami is going to be mad about it, especially if they know the quarterback. So quarterbacks, who's on the blacklist? I'm putting Mitchell Trubisky on the blacklist. Uh, I think Mitchell Trubisky, 27 years old, former top five pick in the NFL draft. While he's intriguing, I think his price point is going to put him in a position where the Dolphins are just not even going to consider. Remember, Marcus Mariota got two years like $21 million ahead of the 2020 season. This time last year, Marcus Mariota flopping out of Tennessee, losing his job to Ryan Tannehill, got $10 million per. If he did that, Trubisky's going to get in the same ballpark and we're out. So just cross Trubisky off the list. Ryan Fitzpatrick, unfortunately, due to no fault of his own, is going to go on the blacklist. I don't think the locker room dynamics and the transition and segue that the Dolphins made to Tua Tagovailoa is friendly for a return based on the Dolphins have gone beyond the point of no return now. They've made the switch. And if you bring him back, I think you're asking for more controversy than anything else. So Ryan Fitzpatrick as a backup quarterback also on the blacklist. Scrolling through the rest of this, it's hard to find blacklist candidates because there's nobody that's really any good. I would put C.J. Beathard on the blacklist because I do not think he is a good quarterback. And I think he looked serviceable in Kyle Shanahan's offense in the same offense that makes Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins look like serviceable starting quarterbacks. If we went into next season and Beathard was the backup quarterback, you could consider me distraught. So from a talent level, maybe that makes Beathard somebody who goes on the blacklist. He's a, an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Aim higher, Miami. I would, I would implore you, please, to aim higher. So whether that's Blaine Gabbert, who's 32 years old, or we talked about Alex Smith and how he can be a, an attractive option for bringing a lot of the same things that Ryan Fitzpatrick can without the complications. Brian Hoyer, I'm not going to be crazy about, but ideally we're not seeing this player anyway. 
I'd I'd ask you to aspire higher for than Brian Hoyer as well. But Brian Hoyer has made one hell of a living bouncing from team to team holding clipboards. So I'll make those my three blacklist candidates for the backup quarterback spot. And I'm not going to do draft prospects because I, I really blacklist any draft prospect this year. I don't think you can come in with two quarterbacks with one year of league experience between them as your quarterback. Group. So I'm blacklisting Trubisky, Fitzpatrick, and C.J. Beathard. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're looking for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Transitioning to the running back class. Free agency first. Starting at the top. Todd Gurley, blacklisted, not interested. Don't think there's any long-term payoff there. Same could be said for Mark Ingram, 32 years old. Phased out of Baltimore, which is not a a promising omen for his future. Uh, Matt Breida, free agent, 26 years old. Yeah, hard pass. That didn't work out well. Tevin Coleman from San Francisco. uh, More of a a receiving, complimentary back. Um, injuries have been a problem. He was he was hurt. He only played in eight games and, and took 63 snaps last year. Uh, had less than 100 yards of offense. Miami can't... You can take some low-risk, high-rewards, but I don't think the reward of Tevin Coleman is enough to, to give you consideration to do that. Leonard Fournette is a financial asterisk. If... Lombardi, Lenny, or whatever the hell he's going by now, if he's interested in, in getting a big payday and getting like what Kenyon Drake got last year, which was around $8 million to put him in the top 10 of running backs, I'm out. Uh, if you can get him for like the Jordan Howard deal, I'd at least be interested in hearing you out. I'm not crazy about the idea of Leonard Fournette. Some of these older running backs, Lamar Miller, Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, LaShawn McCoy, Deion Lewis, Carlos Hyde, Rex Burkhead. The list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, So if you just say anybody over the age of 30 and blacklist them, it cuts the running back field significantly. And it would fringe include Le'Veon Bell. Um, I don't think we can fully eliminate the possibility of a Le'Veon Bell return, but at the same time, he had a chance to come to Miami. I don't think I'm super crazy about bringing him back. James Conner is one that I think for his price point, I'm going to be really apprehensive for. Uh, I'd probably blacklist James Conner, uh, 26 years old, 721 rushing yards and six touchdowns last year. He is a phenomenal story, but he is generally speaking on the football field, or at least as of late, just a guy. And I don't want just a guy. Uh, I'm going to leave Aaron Jones on the potential signees list. I'm going to leave 
Chris Carson from Seattle on the potential signings list. I think Christopher Carson gives you flexibility, but he does not set you up for uh, avoiding addressing the position in the NFL draft. Carson is physical. Seattle is built up front with their offensive linemen in a way that is not totally dissimilar to how Miami is constructed as far as their offensive line and running the football in between the tackles. Carson's a really physical runner. Durability's been a problem. But if the price was right, I'd be interested in Chris Carson. So running backs in free agency, I'm blacklisting anybody over the age of 30. I'm blacklisting Todd Gurley, who's 27. I'm financially putting the asterisk next to Leonard Fournette to potentially blacklist him as well, but leaving the door open for guys like Chris Carson and Aaron Jones. As far as the draft and running backs, uh, there's not a lot of unattractive options, if we're being honest, especially at the top. I get why Travis Etienne would be an option. He runs out of the gun effectively. Uh, He is really, really good with contact balance, and he's more explosive than the other two top backs in the class. Javante Williams and Najee Harris are between the tackles hammers. Harris is a little bit more dynamic with his cuts. He's a little bit more well-rounded as an overall player. But Javante and what he does is probably more effective than Najee Harris. I would put Najee Harris still for the Dolphins as RB1. I wouldn't be mad with any of the top three. If I did have to blacklist somebody from the NFL draft at the running back position, who would it be? Probably Kenneth Gainwell of Memphis. His current listed height and weight. 5'11", 191 pounds. That just feels too much like the same type of back that Miami has in Miles Gaskin. And... You know, you have a player in Miles Gaskin who averaged almost 100 yards from scrimmage per game in 10 games that he played this past year. He's an effective player. So to draft Kenneth Gainwell, fringe top 100, at the same stature as an unproven asset just feels really redundant to me. I would blacklist Kenny Gainwell. Shifting gears to wide receivers. Uh, there's plenty of options <laughs> for blacklisted candidates. A.J. Green. 33 years old, Cincinnati, played this past year on a franchise tag and stunningly uh, was a shell of himself. And Cincinnati balked at several opportunities to kind of pull the plug and and get something back for him, and now he's going to let him walk, having paid him for the franchise tag and getting nothing for him. Yeah, no, not interested if I'm the Dolphins. Larry Fitzgerald, doubt even leaves. And while I think the wide receiver is a position that the Dolphins could bring in a couple of more experienced players. I look at guys like Deshaun Jackson and Golden Tate, who are 33 and 35 years old, and I don't think that's really going to move the needle for the Dolphins. So just from an age and fit based on the roster construction the Dolphins have, both of those guys are going to get blacklisted here. Sammy Watkins, I'm not interested in because the dude can never stay healthy. I don't want to pay free agent dollars, and it's not like Sammy Watkins was cheap. Sammy Watkins got a significant amount of money to be hurt every single year. I'm not interested, personally. Antonio Brown, don't think he's a fit for the locker room. It'd be hard to say he might just go back to Tampa and run it back, but if he doesn't and he's looking for another opportunity, uh, Miami has shown the willingness and ability to take some risks, but I don't think Antonio Brown, for all the -the off-the-field problems that he has had as of late, would be among them. I 
there's a part of me that wants to put Juju Smith-Schuster on this list. Juju, to his credit, he's going to be 25 years old this season. He's played four years in the league. He had a really great year in 2018 before Antonio Brown was off the roster. But his per-catch production was a disaster this year. And while I am all for players kind of championing and building their own brands, uh, Juju's, like it or not, became a little bit of a distraction when he's dancing on opposing teams' logos in the pregame and other teams start taking notice. Um, I think he's a perfectly fine NFL wide receiver. I think between what I expect he would cost, I expect he'll go to New York. You want to build a brand, that's a great place to go to do it. And the Jets have more money to throw at you anyway. Juju Smith-Schuster is a fringe blacklist candidate for me. As far as the wide receivers in the NFL draft, however, you got to go a while until you could find somebody who I say absolutely not for the Dolphins. TheDraftNetwork.com ranked wide receivers in the NFL draft. Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Toney, Terrence Marshall Jr., Rondale Moore, Nico Collins. Nico Collins might be the first one that, if assuming, Tua Tagovailoa is back as the Dolphins' starting quarterback again in 2021, which, which at this point in time, Despite the whispers and the murmurs, we have no reason to not believe that to be the case, right? Nico Collins' style of play does not fit to a tongue of Iloa as a passer. I have some concerns about Jamar Chase, at least early on in his NFL career, being a, a great ideal fit with Tua tongue of Iloa, but I think he can get there. Nico Collins is straight line speed, slow burn, getting started, so long strider. And he wins down the field. And anything in the quick game, he's not going to separate. I'm out. <laughs> That's not going to work uh, for the Dolphins. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Football might be over for the season, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on just about anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds and is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. I cannot believe I talked myself for one second into thinking that I was going to get offense and defense in in the same show. I should have seen this coming from a mile away, and I hope you as a listener did as well. Let's finish today with interior offensive linemen as far as just identifying some blacklist candidates that I'm not really interested in seeing the Dolphins pursue. And then tomorrow on the show, we'll go through the defensive equivalents. Along the interior offensive line, right right out the gate, Alex Mack, Atlanta Falcons, $9 million annual average salary is what he played on last year. He's going to be 36 years old. And for that reason, to quote Shark Tank, I am out. Anybody who is a lateral move to Ted Karras, I would pass on as well. So you look at the centers that are available in this year's class. Uh, 
Tyler Larson, Carolina. Austin Reeder, Kansas City. Joe Looney, Dallas. A.Q. Shipley, Tampa Bay. These are all players who are, at best, lateral moves. If you're going to make a lateral move, just bring back Ted. Pay him starter money. And have the continuity along your offensive line from a chemistry perspective. David Andrews from New England. Interesting player. I'm not going to blacklist him. Nick Martin from Houston is another interesting player. I am not going to blacklist him either. Of course, Corey Lindsley is a hot-button player uh, because he was an All-Pro in 2020. Centers in the NFL draft. Creed Humphrey, Landon Dickerson, these guys are good. The next back center in the draft, you got a ways to go. Drake Jackson from Kentucky is the next highest-rated center at thedraftnetwork.com, and he's not a good fit for Miami. He's like under 295 pounds. That alone is a disqualifier. You're blacklisted. Just from a, You're not going to meet our size thresholds, therefore you're off the board. Trey Hill from Georgia is interesting. I will leave him on as a, a day three equivalent. Uh, he's 330 pounds, so that's much more in line with how the Dolphins have approached building their offensive line over the course of the past 12 to 18 months. They like size. So these small offensive linemen, you could extend this to interior offensive linemen in general at, at guard, and you can extend it to offensive tackle. Miami gravitated heavily towards big bodies. And maybe maybe they get through the evaluation of the season. And they say, yeah, you know what? All these big bodies, we need somebody who's a little bit more small so that he has a little bit more mobility. We can use him in the screen game. We can use him to climb to the B level of the defense. Maybe they make that decision. But right now, the data points that we have point to, you got to be 310 plus to play on this offensive line. The tackles are average weighted 228 pounds. The guards are an average weight at 335. So you got these offensive linemen that come in at 305, 300, 298. If you're that size, you're, you're probably disqualified for Miami right out the chute. A couple of players like that. Drake Jackson, like we mentioned, he's, he weighed at the senior ball 290 pounds. You're off the board, period. There's not too many smaller interior offensive linemen in this year's class, but I do think there are a number of offensive tackles we've talked about potentially drafting another tackle and moving Robert Hunt inside a guard. That waterfall effect, it can work, right? Robert Hunt's right around 330. Okay, great. That's that's close to what Solomon Kinley and Eric Flowers play at. But if you're a tackle prospect, Penny Sewell is good. He's good to go. He's 325 pounds. Dylan Raddings from North Dakota State. Listed weight at 304. That's probably not going to fly. Liam Eichenberg of Notre Dame, 305. Stylistically, I think he's a modest fit. But from a size perspective, he doesn't check the box. So these are the kind of players, this is why it's valuable to have as many years of data points as possible with your decision makers so you could start to really pick up on the trends and, and really whittle down the list and understand the players who are actually in consideration at each position. Hope you guys had some fun with whittling down the list, getting rid of some names. It's it's hectic right now because there's so many names that are out there. We have no idea what the spending is going to look like for teams across the league. I would expect the free agent pool is going to continue to grow over the course of the next 10 days. 
before the legal tampering period starts as teams jostle and try and manufacture space. So perhaps the candidates that make sense will grow, but I can guarantee you the candidates that don't make sense will also grow, and we will help filter through all of that noise as it comes here on Locked On Dolphins. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Make sure you hit subscribe. Come back. See us again tomorrow. We will finish what we started, blacklisting defensive prospects, both in free agency and NFL draft, for the 2020 offseason for your Miami Dolphins. Kyle Krabs, hope to see you then. Enjoy the rest of your day.